Good morning. I'm Arjun Singh from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, February 3rd. In today's news, Representative Liz Cheney faces a backlash for voting to impeach Trump in her home state. And as GameStop stock crumbles, amateur traders reckon with heavy losses. But first, the big idea. President Joe Biden's administration became more concrete as Alejandro Mayorkas and Pete Buttigieg both broke glass ceilings to become the first Latino head of the Department of Homeland Security and the first gay Secretary of Transportation, respectively. With the specter of former President Trump looming in the administration's mind, as senators prepare to hear remarks in Trump's second impeachment trial, the sprawling bureaucracy of the federal government is beginning to reflect the interests of the president. Recent turmoil abroad, including protests in Russia and a military coup in Myanmar, have provided the administration the opportunity to preview how President Biden might act upon the world stage. And domestically, the president sought to distance himself from his predecessor by signing an executive order that seeks to remedy the separation of migrant families in U.S. detention under the Trump administration. The Post, Nick Miroff, Sungmin Kim, and Maria Sacchetti report that Biden signed executive orders calling for the establishment of an interagency task force to seek out and reunite families who have been separated, along with the review and potential reversal of the Trump administration's deterrent policies along the Mexico border and the barriers are created to legal immigration. Speaking from the Oval Office, the president called Trump's immigration policies, quote, very counterproductive to our security. But while Biden and members of his administration have been quick to repudiate his predecessor's actions, senior officials have also acknowledged that the Biden administration plans to leave some of Trump's border policies in place for the time being, citing concerns about a new wave of migration occurring during the pandemic. And while administration officials struck an optimistic tone when discussing the executive orders, my colleague Kevin Seif reports that on the ground, the task of reuniting families who have been kept apart for years could prove easier said than done. Poor government record keeping of who has been separated make the task incredibly difficult. And despite their best efforts, attorneys and advocate groups say they have been unable to locate hundreds of missing people, while the American Civil Liberties Union estimates that it's likely at least 1,000 families remain separated. Many parents who have been separated from their children are now unsure if they'll ever see them again after spending years searching for them. Some even return to the U.S. border after being deported in the hopes of finding their children. Instead, they were apprehended and deported for a second time. A Guatemalan mother who was separated from her daughter on the Arizona-Mexico border in 2017 told The Post, It's a daily horror for us, who are living without our children. It's an endless sadness. All we want is the opportunity to see our kids, to be with them again, she said. Like many separated parents, she had high hopes for Biden's victory in the presidential election. But in the weeks since he's entered office, she's tempered her expectations and struggled to discern Biden's plans for parents like her. Meanwhile, immigration advocates say that reuniting families isn't enough and are calling on the administration to also provide reunited families with a protection from deportation. Without that protection, they say families will still be forced to live under the fear of being separated again. Government officials say they have yet to coalesce around a single legal status for returning parents, But until then, some attorneys have warned that even minor offenses, such as simply entering the country illegally, could be held against parents and stand in the way of reunification. I'm not making new laws, President Biden told reporters Tuesday. 
I'm eliminating bad policy. And that's the big idea. Here are two other stories that should be on your radar. Number one, Representative Liz Cheney was once firmly part of the Republican establishment, but after voting to impeach former President Donald Trump, she's not just finding herself out of lockstep with members of her party, but even the voters of her own state. The Post Robert Samuels reports that in Wyoming, voters like Jim Lish, an Iraq war veteran who has fond memories of ones visiting Cheney in Washington, are now beginning to reconsider their support for the daughter of former Republican Vice President Dick Cheney. In a state where the Cheney name adorns high school soccer fields and whose books are displayed at local libraries, residents are beginning to see Cheney in a new light after she accused Trump of, quote, the greatest betrayal by a president of the United States of his office. When she did that, I felt disenfranchised, Lish told The Post. I love the Cheneys, both Dick Cheney and Liz Cheney, but she has to represent the people. Once a star House member who had the potential to one day become Speaker, Cheney is now a model for a new kind of Republican, one who may no longer have a home in a party dominated by Trump and the far right. Though party stalwarts like Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and Senator Lindsey Graham have come to Cheney's defense, Others are calling for her ouster. At the invitation of a Wyoming state representative, Congressman Matt Gates, a vocal supporter of Trump, flew to Cheney's home last week to rally voters against her on the steps of the state capitol. In front of hundreds, Gates mocked Cheney as a, quote, a fake cowgirl, and told voters that if they oust Cheney in her next election, they will send a powerful anti-establishment message to the party's leadership in Washington. And despite her conservative credentials in the eyes of many voters, her impeachment vote speaks louder than her record. Liz Cheney committed political suicide, 51-year-old Rick Green said over a burger at a restaurant in Torrington, Wyoming. Why did she do it? I don't know. But you can't go against what the people want. Number two. As GameStop stock plunged 60% on Tuesday, Novice traders who got caught in the stock's epic rise scrambled with the reality that their investment may result in heavy losses. As the post Drew Harwell reports, some users of the online Reddit forum Wall Street Bets, which is credited with driving the surprise surge in GameStop stock last week, expressed deep turmoil after the stock fell nearly as quickly as it rose. Like many amateur traders who participated in the rally to drive up GameStop stock, 19-year-old Evan Oosterink, a college student from the Netherlands knew almost nothing about GameStop when he chose to make a bet on the company in December. Encouraged by posts he saw on Wall Street Bets, Oosterink invested more than $10,000, mostly accumulated through years of savings from his parents and some government loans in the stock. Had he sold it last week, he could have pocketed a typical American's annual salary in returns. Instead, he's facing deep losses and holds out a dimming hope that the stock may surge once again. Oostering's story highlights how so many investors lured by the promise of a gold rush have been quickly dismantled with help from stock trading discussion boards and apps that make it easier than ever to invest and lose a fortune. Through online brokerages like the app Robinhood, investing without any prior experience is easier than ever. And while some have boasted of rags to riches tales through personal investing, Many others have been caught off guard by the complex rules governing financial trading and as a result have incurred massive losses. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, February 3rd. I'm Arjun Singh. Thanks for listening.